with preaching an Advent sermon is that even those who are non-religious or nominally religious are familiar with the characters of this Christmas drama. Today, I wanna to talk to you about Mary, the mother of God. And the moment I said that, I bet something popped into your head, whether it was the song lyrics to Mary, Did You Know? Or one of the many images of Mary that we see around us, usually of this woman who's beautiful with cov a covered head in some kind of blue or, or in Renaissance photography, looking down lovingly at her baby but still beautiful and always the perfect imagery of a mom for Jesus Christ. The text, though, hints at a very real person. We're told in the text, Mary is called a virgin engaged to Joseph. Now we know nothing about Joseph, except that he's a carpenter. We're not told his age, we're not told his station in life. Some people believe that Joseph may have had kids from a previous marriage, and he wants to marry Mary to take care of his kids, which is why he's so lenient with her in some of these circumstances. The reason they say that is because Jesus has brothers later on in the text. And for some religious people, it's very important that Mary stays a virgin for her entire life. So Joseph needs to be like, older and satisfied with his circumstances in order for that to happen. Personally, I could take that or leave that. We could argue about it and it doesn't have much impact on my faith either way, but I'm happy to talk about it with you. But Mary, we can guess since she's a maid or a virgin engaged to Joseph, we guess that she's 12, 13, 14, years old, just starting her menstrual cycle, ready to have kids, ready to be married. And she meets Gabriel. She's told she's going to have this baby, which complicates her life in unimaginable ways. It puts her very life in danger. But she has enough religious grounding to know who she's talking to when she meets the angel Gabriel. And then the added layer on top of all of that, as if all of that wasn't enough, is that Israel at this point is not an independent nation. They're under the rule of the Roman Empire. They have a puppet king in King Herod who has to answer to Caesar. We guess that Mary's family is probably poor. And the reason that we guess that is because, again, later on in the text, when Mary goes to the temple to offer up her sacrifices to cleanse herself after having Jesus, they offer two turtle doves, which is the offering outlined in Exodus for those who cannot afford a full offering. So we're guessing she's not wealthy. We're told she's a descendant of David, but don't let that bring images into your head of a princess. David being one of the greatest kings, uh, purported greatest kings that Israel has ever known. Apparently, though, there are lots of descendants of David. And so Mary is not some sort of princess in a palace who marries a carpenter and has this lovely life. She is a paycheck to paycheck kind of girl. She's a Middle Eastern Jewish girl. 
And her life is literally at risk now because she was willing to say yes to what God had for her. There's not a lot in Mary's life that's probably making her happy at the moment. And I bet you can relate to that. I bet you can relate to the idea of happiness being complicated and fleeting. For me, personally, in my experience, happiness has a lot to do with my external circumstances, whether or not my kids are behaving, whether or not the dog has had an accident on the carpet, whether or not my job is going well. How many times it took me to shoot the sermon has a lot to do with how happy I feel in the moment. And so instead of happiness, maybe what Mary experiences and maybe what we are being offered today is joy. Joy is one of the themes of Advent. And if this isn't a year that's hard to find joy in, but if this isn't also the year where we need it more than ever. And we know that Mary experiences joy because in the middle of Luke chapter one, Mary offers up one of the most famous hymns ever. And I want to read it for you. Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. I especially love this line really early on. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my savior. Based on all of this, it is my sincere belief that joy and happiness are not the same thing. That joy and happiness don't even have the same source, that it is possible, that it is likely that joy comes as a good gift from God and joy can be experienced even in the midst of the most crazy chaos that we can possibly imagine. Our lives could be literally falling apart. Our lives could have completely fallen apart. At this point, Mary doesn't even know if she's still getting married to Joseph. She still doesn't know if she's safe to have this baby. And she experiences a moment of joy, not based on external circumstances, but based on the fact that she caught a glimpse of who God is. She remembered all that God has done for God's people throughout history. And she caught a glimpse of what God would continue to do in the days ahead. And she believed for a moment about who Jesus would be on earth and beyond that. And in that moment, joy bubbles forth from her very being. 
And that is the good news this Advent season, that our lives could be in complete shambles and joy can still come as a good gift, not as a solution to every problem. I'm guessing Mary still had morning sickness. There were still all those complicated things that Mary had to deal with. Not even as a solution to things we may be struggling with around depression and anxiety around the loss of a loved one, but as momentary experiences that pass understanding, that pass our circumstance, that inspire us to offer up singing and rejoicing from the depths of who we are. It is my prayer. It is my prayer that that in the midst of whatever you're experiencing, that you would be given the good gift of joy and that you would feel confident enough in that good gift to give voice to rejoicing from the depths of who you are. Amen. Let's dance together.